I'm Kendall. And I'm Bree. And this is When the Light Goes Out. Today is a very, 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 very special day in history. Today is the day that Brianna Doyle was <clears throat> born. Ah! <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> One year closer to death, people. One oh, that's year. so true. We're we're all dying slowly but surely. Oh. And uh, just wanted to give my fellow Scorpio a shout out because it's wow, girl. This girl, this girl is doing the most and she is 23 and I'm just so proud of you. I'm just so proud of you. Like you've, you. you've achieved so much Shut and up. it's just like you have so much more to achieve and I just love you. I'm such a proud, I'm such a proud friend. This is a proud dad moment. It's a proud dad <laughs> moment. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, celeb or celebrity. <laughs> Thank you, fans. <laughs> My fans. No worries. Um, yeah, well, of course I feel like you guys all know by now that when this comes out it's friday but it is a tuesday for us so yeah happy fucking birthday girl thank you i love you i'm old i love you too i know i'm I know. old now well <laughs> first of all i'm very also thankful that you decided to still work on a tuesday even though you're off on tuesday and have this show happen today we we're kind of going through a little thing earlier. We we're like, oh, should we? Should, should we, we not? Should we? Should we, should we, we do it today? But school is like, I have the easiest classes, but I have one class that's like a little bit more, like time consuming than the rest, I guess. And in theory, it's like an elective, so it should be easy. But I definitely have to put in that work for this class, and I have a paper, and I don't fucking want to do it. I don't so, blame you. I really just, don't. <laughs> So, and it's due, like, literally in four days, and it's, like, a six-page paper, and I just started researching it and wrote the introduction. So, that's hey, where I'm at. you got as far as I've ever gotten college. I would literally oh. have a paper due, and I would do it the, literally the morning of. That's and I would crazy. Get, <laughs> I would get, like, pages and pages done, and I'd be, like, good enough. I would come out with a decent grade, but hey, whatever. It's That's cool. That's crazy. I could never. I have to get that shit done. That's true. Fair. Yeah. This shit was really, yeah, it's stressful, but I'll get it done. She's almost there, though, guys. She's almost done. After this uh, After this year, she is officially a graduate student. Oh, one second. One second. We got Bay calling us. We're back, everyone. Sorry about that. We were finding out what ice cream to get. <laughs> my boyfriend spoils me and today is my actual birthday so he did all my like fun plan like okay so this week i've been doing a lot of fun things for my birthday and then he took me to chicago because he got money or whatever no i'm kidding he does have <laughs> no anyway <laughs> and um uh what was i saying just ADHD things. No, you're in Chicago and you saw Jesse Reyes, which I'm so fucking so, jealous yeah, about. Yeah, I saw Jesse Reyes. Um, by the way, she puts on a great show. That was on my brother's birthday, though. So we went to Chicago like two days ago or whatever. And then that was like part of my birthday gift. And then for my actual birthday, he had to work. So he's coming home from work right now and he's getting me things to spoil me. Some ice cream. And some ice Taco cream. Bell. 
I love and... it. I love that our birthdays, it's like my birthday, your brother's birthday, and then your birthday. Not to make it about me, but. We love Scorpio season. We love Scorpio season. Ooh. I honestly am, I'm learning that there's a lot of Scorpios. There's a lot of Scorpios in November. Like, there's a lot of October Scorpios, but shit, there's a lot of November Scorpios. Well, yeah, because October, like, for November, it's the whole month, I think, is Scorpio month. Is it? Or in the last two weeks? No, because Sagittarius season, I think it's at the end of this month, I think, Tea. if I'm not mistaken. Tea. But if you're not a Scorpio, what you doing? Yeah, if you're not a Scorpio, then what the fuck are you? Go and get rebirths as a Scorpio. It's pretty awesome to say. <laughs> <laughs> our parents probably had sex on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I know. Ew. Ew. Can y'all stop um, fighting for like two goddamn seconds, please? Get in your coffin. It's another. It's another one of those cat things where the cats are like fighting guys. So always fighting. It's Get always in your coffin, a fighting. Boo. Always a fighting match with them. Get in. She has a bed that looks like a coffin. Get in your bed. I don't, do we ever talk about how like everything in the house in in your apartment is Halloween? Themed? I don't think so. <laughs> year my, round. <laughs> my apartment is literally year round. My neighbors probably think I'm like insane too because at my doormat and I have like a sign that hangs on my door that's Halloween too, and they probably think I'm fucking crazy. Just probably watch. like bitch, it's Christmas. <laughs> Just watch till it's your Christmas. your present comes. Your present. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I got her present. It's just not here yet, so we had to. I did that two day shipping though. It's okay. <laughs> hit him with that today but she's gonna love it i'll share with you guys what i got her next week so i'm excited Thank perfect you. ah well stop <laughs> in your bed get in your Boo. coffin uh, sit and listen it's story time so evil okay she's gonna do it again oh yeah she's L- gonna look go her. bother bunny oh no she's gonna go fuck with the christmas tree my halloween christmas tree hey hey Boo. hey Hey, Bunny's like, you, you get her bun. You tell her how it is. Boo, go lay down somewhere. Why do you have to be, why do you have to be, stop, not my computer. God. (laughs) (laughs) God. Not her annoying you too. Okay, so she's weird. sitting down. So why is she doing that? Okay, yeah, can we like get started? <laughs> it took us a minute to get in here. We're oh we're recording God. late. It's a it's a late night when the light goes out. Oh, yeah. So. Um, where we left off last week, we were talking about the disturbing, the disturbing case of the Turpin family, and it was really wild. Um, if you guys don't remember, of course, you can always go back to episode, uh, episode 12, I think, right? Fuck, we're already on episode 12. That's insane. I think this is episode, oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's episode 12. This is Part episode two. 12. Part that was two. episode 11, yeah. Um, so yeah, where we left off, we really got to understand who Louise and David were as, you know, growing up prior to becoming parents or lack thereof. Eventually, 15-year-old Louise had got hitched to 22-year-old David. They started their life in Fort Worth, Texas, where they also gave birth to their first son. I'm sorry, first daughter. Over the next two decades, they managed to birth 12 more kids as... They moved around for David's job, and along the way, neglecting, torturing, and abusing every child, so much to the point where they abandoned 11 of their children for a solid four years. David would have the makeshift cages on deck for punishing his children made of pegboards, sightings, kind of the type of things you would find on tools hanging in the, or sorry, the boards that would hang in the garages where you put tools at. They would set about seven inches wide 
by five inches tall. Um, did I say that right? Five, five inches wide by five inches tall. Anyways. Did you just say five by five? Five by five. Seven by five. Yeah. <laughs> and so, quote unquote, the mother and father, a.k.a. Louise and David, have moved to the fa- uh, moved the family into a trailer while staying in Rio Vista, Texas. And then, like I said, they soon neglected and abandoned their children for four years and then decided to move into an apartment 40 miles away to take only two of the youngest bunch, two of the youngest of the bunch. And sorry, a correction from last week, just before we get started. David would actually, he would bring frozen foods to the kids and um, nevertheless still neglect them. Louise would never even visit. So I, I knew last last week we had talked about if the kids fend for themselves. Actually, David did bring them food, but still neglected them. The bare minimum. Bare minimum, yeah. And then the entire time the two left their children in the trailer, they still held authority from afar. They called via phone to make their demands, and their children were neglected of all the knowledge in the world, so they didn't really know how to take care of themselves. So they had no options but to just abide by their parents' rules. Josh and Jennifer Turpin, the uh, two oldest, were required to change diapers, provide meals for the rest of their siblings, and every so often they would actually have to enforce punishments that Louise and David would usually enforce. These would usually result in timeouts and cages, and if they ever refused to punish their siblings, David would punish the entire group of children whenever he'd come back to check on the kids. Now, there is an instance where Josh and Jennifer attempted to rebel against their own parents during this time. Josh actually tried standing up to, against David, but became so overwhelmed with the fear that he couldn't even carry on rebelling, and thought if he tried to escape it, he would eventually just hurt his own siblings and put themselves in danger, which is just really sad to think about. But Jennifer would actually go almost the distance to attempt escaping. Actually, one day in early 2008, she did manage to run away from the trailer her and her siblings were kept in. One of the distant neighbors that actually saw Jennifer running towards her while the neighbor had been taking her daughter to school that morning. The neighbor somewhat recognized Jennifer, but hardly ever seen her before, and Jennifer immediately begged the neighbor to help her get a job so that she could buy a car and have a place to live. And the neighbor actually did help her and drove her around to find work that day. Although, with little to no education and no license, Jennifer did not stand a chance of finding any work, which is is really sad. I think these day and ages... What can you really do without having a job and without having a license? It's, I don't know. It's just so sad. Especially if you don't have your parents. Especially if you don't have, like, your parents. Yeah. To, like, drive you, you know? Around or, like, and stuff like that. It's anybody. kind of like a yeah, done you deal. you can't do anything. Yeah. Unless it's, like, close enough to walk. But, I mean, God, in this world, Oof. being by yourself walking somewhere as a girl is risky enough. It is very risky. It's very scary. Even living around the corner from your job can be brutal yeah it can be like not good (laughs) yeah and now the neighbor remembers how sad jennifer was that she couldn't find a job and immediately she asked to dial her mother louise and louise immediately came to get her assuming people would begin to ask questions which is just so sad that she didn't know who else to go to so she just went back to her mother this incident actually left all the rio vista residents kind of in shock not all of them but most of them 
Based on her age, being a 20-something-year-old woman trying to escape her family definitely raised red flags. And no police investigation or CPS reports were ever made or came of this. Jennifer was punished earlier that day or later on that day, and she was just returned home. Now, had the authorities been called from that neighbor or anyone in that neighborhood about this, the Turpin children could have been rescued long before Jordan had the uh, time to make her escape 10 years later. Now, in Bambrook, Texas, again, 40 miles away, Louise hits a midlife crisis and decides to dabble in drugs and alcohol for the first time in her life. All the while, convincing David to open their relationship up to polyamory. What the fuck? Yeah. So while their children sat unfed, imprisoned, and fighting to stay alive day after day, Louise and David decide it would be a great idea to drive 1,200 miles from Texas to Las Vegas, Nevada, to party, to gamble, and to become swingers. As Louise tells it, quote, I just wanted to sow the wild oats I wasn't able to sow as a young 20-year-old, unquote. Bitch, you had that time long time ago, but you know what happened? Yeah, you have 13 kids at home waiting to be fed and loved. Yes, you like, decided what do you mean? to be 15 years old and get hitched to a 22-year-old man and then wait till you're 40 years old to have 12 children and then start living your life recklessly. Yeah, like that's your own fault. As if she wasn't already living her life recklessly this bitch louise even went as far as posting risque photos with her random men that she would hook out with shut up wearing expensive lingerie on mindspace okay period with the expensive lingerie myspace <laughs> i guess is she like it's how the old early is 2000s. she oh she was about 40 at this time so myspace ooh. so not only Gross. but she captioned underneath the photos descriptively how the rough how the uh, man would be all rough with her and all of her distant relatives could see this and she knew this too what the fuck and when she'd receive angry messages from her mom's sisters and other family members she would just reply it's my life now She's so weird it's all good and all if you're you know you don't have 13 kids at home that are being malnourished and yeah, abused. abused. Yeah, not gonna kink shame, but like, bitch. But like, <laughs> you're girl, weird. You have no time for that. And yeah, definitely. Like, like she's just weird. It's just the fact that they, and it's like they don't have the money to do any of this. They no. lived in Texas. They just decided to go on this random trip to to um, Las Vegas just to have fun. Just, just to do all this. Yeah, well, their kids are literally starving. Starving and tied at up. home. Like, and tied what the up. fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, she's, that's just gross. Like, she's just, ugh. they're both gross. Like, it's not even like the fact that she's posting like risky pictures on MySpace that's gross. Just, they're gross. Like, they ugh. are gross it's for just, so many reasons. For so many reasons. And they're so, gross. guys, listeners, if you really thought from part one that Louise and David may have learned their lesson the hard way from their debt based on their bank foreclosing on their, ho- uh, their home and going bankrupt, you are mistaken. Because the debt severely increased and the two somehow managed to sneak by worry-free for some time. People, they barely walked away with anything from their gambling trips. Nothing. Like, they made nothing from their gambling. Oh, and in addition, David 
made his annual gift to himself each year to buy himself a new luxury convertible. (laughs) A new luxury convertible every year for the next four years, by the Um, way. I wish. I wish. Secondly. I wish I had that. What the fuck? He literally (laughs) has. He can't even feed his children. And he's buying himself luxury Luxury convertibles. And he's Bro. okay with his wife over here doing this while their kids are, again, goofy at home. Goofy. Goofy. Thank you. He's goofy. She's goofy. They're terrible. And so, if you also recall from part one, Elizabeth and Louise did not end up on the best terms. That was her sister. But after the feud between um, the two, Elizabeth had eventually found a husband. They got married. Blah, blah, blah. Um, for her. Yeah. But unfortunately, Elizabeth and her husband got into a huge argument, leaving Elizabeth homeless <gasps> while also pregnant. Oh, my God. And right away, Louise came to help her sister, which I, I would say, yeah, go help her. Um, and then eventually her sister did get, did get birth. And not long after, uh, you know, they are just, you know, there together to help each other out. But I just thought that was really weird. I just really needed to shoehorn that in there because it's ironic that it's just ironic that Louise is there to help her sister but none of her own children I think that's what's really weird to me I don't know the whole family is weird well not the whole family sorry it's like the older the the older parents parents are weird yeah the parents are weird the kids have nothing to do with it it's not their fault the parents are weird so not to mention, Louise and David were barely scraping by, acknowledging that David also lost his job again for a second time. Oh my god, <laughs> man. But this did not stop their life of being big spenders and constantly trying to wow their family members back home because, you know, debt, it just always goes away on its own, right? So, well, eventually, Wells Fargo foreclosed on their apartment. Makes sense. <laughs> and the couple, uh, you know, the couple shared that aside from the shitty trailer. And it just sent them right back to the shitty trailer where they left their children abandoned. In. And that same day that Louise and David returned to the trailer, they packed up uh, the remainder of their things, packed the kids into a van, and abandoned the trailer where the kids did have pets such as dogs and cats, and they just left them behind. Oh my God. Eventually, bill collectors in the mortgage company did come looking for the Turpins when they realized the family had ditched the place weeks prior, and the area that they lived in was just left so filthy, it took the mortgage company three months to clean it out and to resell it. That, just worth of damages, costed them $30,000. I was about to say, $30 million. $30 million. Just tear the house Ain't down. Ain't the, it's bad. But it's yeah, bad. that's a lot of money. 30, 30, yeah, that's as much as my car is worth. Jeez. Well, on June 4th, 2010, the Turpins managed to find comfort in their new home in Merida, California, a beautiful home they bought off credit, and redundantly, Louise couldn't stop bragging about her new home with her quote-unquote loving family on social media. But now that the family had been in a more highly populated area, people began to question if any of these kids were receiving an education. So to satisfy the nosy neighbors from calling the police for a welfare check, David opened up a city day school where he'd be deemed principal 
and with legal documentation acknowledging that eight children were in attendance receiving legal requirements for their grades, and then that it would only be a private school. So this made David a valid owner of the school after several documents that he had to file, and the eight students, his own kids, would receive lessons from Louise maybe twice out of the year, if that. And fun fact, legally, if a school has more than six students, a fire marshal should be inspecting a school yearly to validate the safety for all the children. But for years, no one would even come to inspect the school, and it was just left untouched. So this is just another incident where authorities failed, uh, failed these children, allowing Louise and David to continue tying these children to furniture and just ne- neglecting them. Now, they slightly spoiled the two oldest children, Jennifer and Josh, with a camera and a smartphone, but the smartphone made only calls to Louise and David and uh, authorities. And this only happened because they felt that the kids were disciplined enough to where they wouldn't dare portray their mother and father. And they were right. The two oldest were just so afraid that they didn't even want to touch the technology. So moving to Merida, California only made things worse. It was unknown which girl, but one of the adolescent girls at the time had went into the parents' room while they were gone and was curious to try on Louise's makeup and dresses. And when they found out this, they resulted to putting all 12 children chained up by ropes. And they did that for not keeping close eye on her. What child would not be curious enough to go into their parents' bedroom and try on a couple things? A little much, whatever. (laughs) But another instance was when Jonathan, he was 15 at the time, was found being disrespectful for taking food. And they literally hogtied him. Jesus. But Jonathan was so skinny that he slipped right through the ropes. And so David just found another way to do it by finding thicker chains and padlocks to lock him on. And weeks and months would go by at the time where he was just locked up like that. Jeez. And some of the girls would receive what was called a pitching, which, look this up, apparently it's when they're being swung around by the hair. What? Literally, Louise would grab the girls by the hair and swing them by their hair. And their their scalps would be damaged. So Ouch. And, I know. And that I can't even, like I even have hair and I can't even think about how painful that might be. Oh, my God. And insanely enough. While this is all happening, Louise and David try getting picked up for a reality show to show off how big their family was. This actually was a prime reason for them moving to from Texas to California. And at the time, there was this popular TV show. It was a reality show, actually, called Kate Plus 8 on TLC. I was TLC. about to say, what are they trying to be? John and Kate Plus 8? Yeah, literally. She saw that on TV, and Louise felt she could upstage the show to get bigger and so in doing so, she literally, her and her and dickhead David, had trained the kids for literally 24 hours a day to basically be these military soldiers to fall in line at a snap of a finger. Every girl wore identical clothes, and every boy received the same exact bowl cut that we talked about last week that David had. Not the bowl cut. Coconut head from Nessa Classified. But Louise didn't think it was enough to get recognized by TLC Productions. So what did she do? She got pregnant with number 13. Oh, my God. (laughs) She just keeps whipping off these babies like it's toilet paper. Now, this is when the infamous photos of the Trippin family, I think we kind of talked about last episode, began being taken 
First, it started with a family standing in a field wearing bright red t-shirts, and they all look painfully thin in the photos. It just hurts to look at. Some of the kids are actually holding diplomas that Louise ordered offline to make them seem like they were receiving an education. That's so, like... I don't even know how to explain that. That's just so fucked up. But you have to literally go online and just be like, okay, let me just buy my kids diplomas to act like they actually received the education. Eventually, David got a new job where he began making six figures. So they had begun receiving more cash to recontinue having distant relatives visit so they could fawn over their quote-unquote amazing life that the Turpins were living. But it was only then that the family would take excursions to Disneyland so that Louise could post the photos on Facebook to draw in more attention of others. And a week later, yet again, David filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, owing almost a quarter of a million dollars to scores and creditors. (sighs) Insane. And so... For those that don't know, Chapter 7 bankruptcy is for debtors unable to pay back their current debt. And to fix this, they hire bankruptcy lawyers. And that bankruptcy lawyer that they had hired <laughs> costs $2,700 just for a consultation. Oh, my God. They're so terrible with money. So terrible. And They're so, terrible with everything. But, like, money is... Money is not, not it for them. No. And, and so they filled out the means test, which is a test that you would take to be eligible for a debt forgiveness and according to their filing that they owed they owed can you read these numbers for me that's two okay according to their filing they owed two hundred and forty thousand five hundred and sixty four dollars to 63 creditors with assets of one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars they claimed a hundred thousand six hundred and ninety six dollars in exemptions including David's 401k, their four vehicle, and Louise's high-end clothing and jewelry. Um, Their occupations were listed as engineer and homemaker, and their dependents of three sons and nine daughters. They owed $88,421 on 27 credit cards, $1,102 in unpaid cell phone bills, $396 $396 in unpaid pest control. Disgusting. Oh, God. $140 in garbage cleanup from their trailer in Texas. $45,283 for their repossessed trailer. And $40,079 for their house prior to the trailer they moved into. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Oh, thank you. Oh, I cannot do numbers right now. It's God. late, guys. Sorry. Yeah fucking a lot of money that you had to owe and these motherfuckers were forgiven for all of it didn't have to pay a dime but dude they only had to pay for 124 dollars a month for four years to the fort mortar company for those cars that david had and by law uh, according to the u.s uh, bankruptcy court they had to assure that the bank uh to the court that they make severe budget cuts so at this point they're on a clean slate <laughs> Had nothing to pay. Oh, my God. Why is it always, like, the <laughs> most terrible people get away with things? Get away with this. And oh my God. so where do we go from here? Well, October 28th, 2012, they went to Las Vegas. Where oh, my God. David and Louise would make a bunch of, uh, make no bunch of cuts, I'm sorry, to renew their vows and celebrate their marriage, leaving their kids at home. 
So what's a Las Vegas wedding without sexy wedding dresses, the expensive new platinum blonde hair cut that she would get, and of course, the classic Elvis at the chapel. <laughs> Which, by the way, was called the Hound Dog Package that she paid $325 for. And then on top of that, this was the first of three wedding renewals that they would make in the next four years. Jesus. Crazy. A lot of wedding renewals. A lot of renewals. Oh my god. And so the trips and excursions to Disneyland will also continue um, when relatives would visit. And this would only be a rare excursion for the children. So them being let out to the public may seem like a better thing for the kids. But it's weird because they're going out to Disneyland. And I guess, again, you would think that kids are having fun there. But think about it. They're seeing other families very happy. They're seeing other kids letting their, you know, other parents letting their kids roam free around the park. And you see Turpin, you see the photos of the Turpin kids all smiling, but in reality, they're all being overstimulated because they're seeing what's in front of them just to go home to literal hell. So I couldn't imagine what it must feel like Mm -hmm. to be in that, that predicament of seeing all these kids having fun. And then you're like... It's like such a culture shock. You're like, yeah, like, whoa. And it's sad because it's like, I I don't think I even really thought of that until I was, I was like, okay, wait, because these kids don't see the outside world whatsoever. They don't know anything about the outside world. And for them to be able to go to Disneyland, that's great. But their lives aren't great. <laughs> they can't live a health. They can't live no, a happy life even by just if, going to a theme park. Even if they are, you know, at Disneyland, um, they're not gonna have a good time, obviously, because their parents are still gonna be like on them. You know, they yeah. still have to. They're not gonna be able to roam free. They're not gonna be able to talk to people. They're not gonna be able to really have fun. Like they still have to listen to their parents, and I'm sure their parents are still like very much on them. Definitely, definitely like, paying attention. And the next also oh yeah go hold ahead. on can we talk about how obviously I mean they're not good with money at all but how expensive Disneyland would be for thirteen children yeah oh my god I and was just two thinking parents. that yeah that's a good really good point that's wow. probably like I swear to God I mean I know in today's day and age it's almost like a thousand dollars per person if you're like taking a flight or plane there I don't really know I don't really like don't cancel me often, I don't but... I don't really like like Disneyland or well I've never been but I don't have any desire to I guess. Um, but I don't know how much the tickets are, but I know they're expensive. They're expensive. Like, I know that that would cost, like, probably 10 grand. And come on, it's in California. Like, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's fucking an arm and a leg. I can even afford to go right now. And like, the fact that they could, and keep in mind, they're probably taking out, like, lots of money through credit. Like, lots of money. And being that they're just, you know, forgiven for all the debt that they already had. And they're just putting themselves into more debt. Like, I know for sure, especially if they flew. Like, I mean, even gas would be a lot. Like, I'm sure it was well over, like, a few thousand dollars. Oh, it had to be. Had to be. And along with that, they're also consistently trying to, you know, please their family members every time they would come visit, things like that. So, the next year in September, the Turpins would, this time be all in attendance for Louise and David's wedding renewals in Las Vegas, which Louise would this time spend $1,195 on a Viva Las Vegas concert package, along with uh, 
sorry, along with several service fees. And she will also pay a $400 non-refundable deposit. Why is it so much money? (laughs) And to wrap it all up with a nice little neat bow, Louise purchased a very, very high-end satin dress. Now, all the girls wore handmade pink checkered dresses that she had made, and the boys all wore very baggy dark suits. You can also see this on our Instagram. I'm going to post this on it. Um, if you guys want to, I'm not going to post this on our Instagram, but you can look at the vows online. There is a video for this. Now, we've come full circle because a few short years later, the family picks up and moves to 160 Muir Woods Road in Paris, California, where on January 14th, 2018, Jordan Turpin managed to escape from the hands of her abusive parents. So back to that night. So it's at least 6 a.m. that morning when Louise hears the knock at the door and she sees LED police lights from outside the front window. She immediately demands that two of the oldest siblings unchain their little sisters, which if you remember from the first uh, part, she had chained up the little sisters. Jordan had escaped the house to get some help because she didn't want her sister chained up. She was trying to sing them in torture. And this is where we were now. So she told the two older siblings, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Louise now, um, to unchain their little sisters and hide the chains in the padlocks in the closet. According to John Glatz, the family next door, which I had briefly or kind of mentioned a lot last episode, when the door opened, officers had rushed in, but it was difficult to even walk in because the smell in the house was so pungent and overpowering that the sight of the house was shockingly even more disturbing. The first thing that they saw was Jonathan Turbin in the bedroom still locked up. And when he was set free, he was actually really confused because he thought, you know, he had done something wrong and he was supposed to be faced with this punishment. And each room that the deputy, um, his name was Greg Fellows, by the way, when he walked through the house, each room reeked of human waste and spoiled food. Mm. And every child was physically covered in dirt and grime. And after a brief questioning, David and Louise had been arrested. So 45 minutes after both Louise and David Turpin had been arrested and sent to the county uh, county station for further questioning, every child had been assisted out of the house while still in pajamas and driven to the station as well as being nurtured and just checked by the AMT. David and Louise Turpin had been integrated separately and honestly jordan was really the one to lay out everything that really happened that night and years before in her family's household months leading up to jordan's escape jordan recalled her own father pulling down her pants and forcing her to lay on his lap multiple times attempting to kiss her inappropriately and before louise could come home he threatened jordan not to say anything or he would punish her He's so gross. So, yeah, she was freaking scared into not saying anything about this up until she had gotten arrested. Jordan had recounted that her mother had become significantly more cruel eventually to the youngest siblings by hitting the infant in the, on the head with a pencil and hitting him once or twice or even pushing one of the youngest little girls in the family down the stairs. Jesus. And when she pleaded for help, Louise just refused to give her any medical help. So, for weeks, investigators blocked off the house, collected evidence to use against both Louise and David in court. When Jolinda, one of the Turpin children, had been questioned, 
she shared that in the best way she could remember her last bath was a whole year ago on mother's day 2017 keep in mind this is 2018 and when mother was ready to move the teen from a kindergarten level to a first grade level she literally pushed her to learn quicker by slapping her pulling her hair and even picking her up and throwing her across the room in another interview room sat joanna who was 14 jessica 24 and joy 20 joanna recounted that the time her mother had thrown her down the stairs she was the one that got thrown down the stairs leaving her dizzy and in pain and when she asked when she was asked to show her arms and bruises they can even see it the Mm -hmm. investigators couldn't see anything there because of how much filth was kicked onto her skin wow she was that dirty the only clean spots that they could see were the wrists that were from the chains. That's all they could see that was actually clean on her. Wow. Now, while the three girls shared their stories in another room was, um, you also had John, uh, Joshua, who was 25, Jaliza, who was 11, and Janetta, who was 18 years old at the time. Jaliza would share how sometimes the kids had just bread and water if they were lucky and while watching the parents eat hearty meals they would just sit there starving so she also mentioned one december in 2013 her and her three siblings were so hungry that they had no choice but to break into the parents pantry and in return they were forced to watch everyone else eat a hearty christmas meal while they starved they just had to watch And Jaleesa told deputies that she had to teach herself never to cry in pain or she'd suffer more serious consequences. Jeez, dude. I know. And it's just so sad because the thought that (laughs) you go a Christmas not eating with your family is just heartbreaking to me. And the fact that this little girl had to teach herself not to feel pain in order to get past just, you know... A day is just another just sad thing to even think about. So after everyone had given their uh, statements, Louise and David were taken to Robert Presley Detention Center and held for nine counts of torture, 10 counts of child endangerment, and bail was set to $9 million each. All the while, police went to work to make sure that the terrible people that had kept their kids from being fed tortured, neglected, would never see the light of day again. And on an even better note, that day, the kids were all sent to get medical help, and they had no clothes or anything to wear, so medical staff literally just went out to buy clothes with their own money. And even the adult kids were given kids' clothes because they were just so tiny at the time, and they still wanted the kids to be in the best care. So they literally handpicked all the physicians that were going to help them, which just makes my heart happy because oh, yeah. every kid deserves that. And it's just so sad to think that, you know, there is just so, such a bad care and just so neglected that the physicians even felt this way. It's just the whole thing is just so sad. So eventually the news outlets got hold of the case and the story just became one of the biggest national news stories to date. Neighbors began being interviewed, and they shared all they really could, but they didn't know a lot about them because they were never really outside. But they did have a sense of surprise, but always did feel that something was kind of off. And I think having this happen was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. They also all recanted that the night Louise and David were arrested, David was just crying profusely, and Lousy Louise was just... 
just being very arrogant, she even spit at the police, and she was just just being a very ugly person. Not surprised. Yeah, why should we be, right? Well, 75 felony charges were made against David and Louise Turpin, which, by the way, only apply to anything that happened between 2010 and 2018. Oh my god, so it's not even everything. Not even everything. And bail would be set up to $13 million each. Good. $1 million for each child. Good. Now, multiple hearings had taken place in regards to the case, and during one, the judge had read... Uh, protective orders to David and Louise Turpin, stating on behalf of the children that they must not harass, strike, threaten, assault, follow, stalk, molest, destroy, or damage property of the victims. Disrupting the peace or surveillance of the following victims may turn into a higher federal offense, and they may not uh, they may not try to or get the address of any of the thirteen children. Nor may they contact the list of victims unless it is specifically through a lawyer. And they must stay at least 100 yards from them at all times other than the court proceedings. So on April 19, 2019, in Riverside, California, David and Louise Turpin were sentenced to 25 years to life in prison after pleading guilty to holding captive and torturing their 13 children. So that's the end of David and Louise Turpin. As of today, you guys can still find a lot of information about the Turpin children. There are so many different interviews. There's a lot of 2020 interviews and things like that between, um, I think it's Jordan and I think the oldest sister, if I'm not mistaken. You guys can find that all online. Uh, Today, Jordan looks amazing. You guys can look up pictures of her and I'll also post a picture of her and what she looks like today. Unfortunately, a lot of the Turpin children want to keep their, you know, names secret, which is understandable because I can only imagine how many press and, you know, news outlets would want to get that story from you. But uh, yeah, I think they're all just living happy lives now. A lot of them actually have full families and they're living happily lives and it just makes Yay. me so happy. Um, if uh, you guys also want to find Jordan Turpin, I think she does have a she does have a she has a TikTok. She's popped up on my timeline before. Yeah, she's become very famous on TikTok. She's actually met really big names like Haley Baldwin. Um, she's met a lot of big stars, quite honestly. And Good she's just her. become yeah, she's she become an icon. It. I'm so proud of her. And yeah, hope, and as for David and Louise Turpin, fuck them, they're gone. Yeah, so. literally. Rot Fuck in jail. off. Rot in jail, rot in hell, and may you never see peace again. Or the light of day again. I hope they don't even let you outside. No, seriously. I hope they stub their foot every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the story of the Turpin family. And pretty crazy ass story, guys. Can't believe that we got through that. Thank you guys for holding on through those two parters. Next week, it's going to be a really nice one. We're going to throw it back to another murder case. It's going to be an old-timey one. Um, That's going to be also, that was recommended to us from a listener. So, shout out to that listener. We'll get into that next week. Thank you this week for um, Addis giving us this recommendation. This is a really interesting case. So, if you guys have any stories you want us to hear, you want us to look up, you want us to research, cover for you guys, we are here to do that because this is actually really fun. I love doing it. 
As always, the ways to reach us are going to be our Instagram at WTLGO Podcast. We do most of our social media on there. Um, personal Instagram for Kendall is going to be at This is Kendall Hudson. Our Facebook is When the Light Goes Out. Twitter, WTLGO Podcast, so same as Instagram, um, as well as the YouTube, WTLGO Podcast. Email is going to be WTLGOinquiries at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending some ideas in. As always, feel free to DM, comment, subscribe, um, send in any stories that you have. Still waiting. We'll be waiting. We'll get one. We'll get one one day. One day. We'll still pray. Um, paranormal <laughs> stories would be super cool. Trying to get an uh, episode collected of those. Like always, um, we want to feature listener stories, so send them in. Um, but thank you so much for supporting and listening and sticking around for episode 12. Episode 12! Can't we, believe we've gotten this far already, guys. No Can't wait kidding. for more. Woo! We appreciate every one of you, and we appreciate the listens and the views and the support. Yeah. And again, guys, I'm just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, Brie. Can I just, as as a formal birthday, stop rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> as a formal thank you, I just, I, I, I'm just so in love with just the fact that we're just able to make these stories happen, tell it to the world, and... Just I, I can just see your beautiful face every week. Yeah. How can I not be happy? My I'm God. so excited to see you on a daily basis. I know. I love this. And we get to have her beautiful, beautiful boyfriend bring us food every so often, which is so Yay. nice. Yay. Shout out Simon. <laughs> we love you. We love you. All right, guys. Well, with that, we will see you when the light goes out. See you next week.